All right, Inappropriate Earl, iTunes and SoundCloud. And I'm getting a lot of messages about certain shows on certain networks. I wasn't on them, so don't ask me about them anymore. I was in the commercial. Good enough to be in the commercial, not good enough to be in the fucking television show. I guess when you beat Jimmy Carr, that means you're the 25th best roaster in the world. It's unbelievable. No loyalty in this business. Certain networks and shows are about as loyal as a member of Motley Crue two months into a new marriage. But today I have a good friend. I got to get the bitterness out. For those of you who know, my favorite pro wrestler is the ultimate warrior. Of course, he's dead. By the way, two pro wrestlers died yesterday. It's a nice two for one suicide, one natural causes. So it's a nice even balance. Uh, so rest in peace to Nikolai Volkov. Oh, shit. And uh, Jerry Lawler's son, Grandmaster Sexy. But I love the Ultimate Warrior because he was so bitter and angry that it fueled him. And then when he got inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, he let go of all his bitterness and anger, and then he died a day later. So I'm trying to keep my bitterness. My bitterness fuels me. It's got to burn some people that their podcasts aren't ahead of mine. Got no network behind me. I don't have a million-dollar corporation behind me. I'm a one-man unit, and I'm beating most of them. That's got to sting some people. Ouch. Today, my guest is a very funny Kevin McNamara. What's up, Earl? How are you, brother? I get right into it. Hell yeah, I like it. Embrace the bitterness. I don't. I hate when you. Uh, I hate when you get on a podcast and and they want to make it super regimented. I like casual, like real. That is his podcast. Hell I don't yeah. have one question planned. Who was Grandmaster Sexy's dad? He was uh, uh, Jerry Lawler's real life son. Wow. So I he didn't know that. Uh, he committed. Well, I guess he tried to kill himself a couple days uh, ago, and then he, you know, the was just, then he died. So uh, it was a prolonged, it was a delayed suicide, I guess you'd say. What and, was that tag team? It was Grandmaster Sexy and something too dope or something like that, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, that's when I checked out. So uh, <laughs> I'm not. I want to say Shaggy too dope, but that I might be off. No, on Shaggy that. too dope is a member of ICP, the Insane okay. Clown Posse. I knew I was wrong. I was yeah. a WCW guy, so yeah. Uh, and then Nikolai Volkov died. He, he was 70, though. Did so. you go to any of the tapings of the show that shall not be renamed or not named? Oh, fuck that. I'm not going to a show uh, to sit in the crowd that I helped build. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I mean, I was getting messages from people, uh, especially the first night, one from a roaster's brother going, hey, when's your battle tonight? Uh, n- not tonight. It ain't Thursday. And it ain't Saturday. So uh, it's truly one of the great mysteries. Um, but Jamar Neighbors, speaking of your your love for WCW. Jamar. Scotty Too Hotty. I don't mean to interrupt, That's it. but uh, the Scotty fans are hottie. chiming in. That's it. That's it. Scotty too hotty. Scotty too hotty. Grandmaster sexy. <laughs> it's so terrible. How do you, how is your uh, finishing move the worm? That's. Oh, I couldn't do that. I dude, mean, it's bad. I couldn't even do these guys. Uh, you know, pro wrestling might be fake in terms of the results. Yeah. It's, uh, scripted, but those guys are still amazing athletes. I'm obsessed with them. You uh, know, I just, I've tried to watch it recently. I just can't. I just say it's it's gotten pretty bad. Well, the storylines are uh, they're rushed. 
you know, and, and so you don't really get a chance to uh, get behind them. Like, like when Sting and Hogan fought, that was like the last great storyline. Yeah. Because it was literally nine months. They took nine months to build it. Nine months before they even got in the ring together. Yeah. So you were frothing at the mouth to like, and then the match sucked because uh, Hogan wouldn't really lose clean to Sting. So it's like some botched finish, but like it was a great buildup. And now it's like storylines are finished in a month. Yeah. Now it seems like they don't develop people like they used to. Well, I think uh, they were better actors back then. Like Definitely. Because there was no internet. So like you really like this is probably before you were even born, but like, uh, you know, if, if someone was billed as being from Uganda, you really thought they were from Uganda. You know, right. now you can, you know, Wikipedia or Google uh, Kamala and, you know, he's from South Carolina. Yeah. There was a mystique back then because, because of that fact, you couldn't really Google anybody. And because now with all of these websites and spoiler alerts, most people know what's coming before it even happens. Like they know when somebody's going to make a, a special appearance and they kind of have an idea of what the storylines are going to be. So it's not as fun. But what I was talking about was uh, Jamar Neighbors did kind of a, uh, a uh, throwback to you in the sense that the taping that I went to of the show that shall not be named, uh, he, he did a, a sting bit from the, from the rafters on a joke where he was dressed as sting and was hanging off the, ra the rafters and pointed a bat down. So that was kind of cool. Which, uh, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I wonder where that idea came from. Gee, I wonder. You know, who knows? I mean, you know, before me, no one did entrances. And then all of a sudden, hey, we should come out in weird, wacky entrance. But what are you going to do? You know what's sad is that um, Dolph Ziggler was on the show. And he's great. I'm homies with Dolph and yeah. Sarah. Yeah. But... Yeah. He's he's not he's not the real heel when it comes to roast battle. I would have to say you are. Well, you know, in his defense, he, he's never done it before, right? And it's like when I uh, roast battled his friend John Morrison, who's awesome, dude. Uh, you ought to see this guy's workouts. The most he does like that parkour stuff where he like <laughs> runs up the side of a wall and like stays there and like it's really fascinating he shredded that guy oh my god like he doesn't like on tv you go oh this guy's got a good body but you see him lot like in a gym and it's like my god this guy's like so we were i was supposed to battle Dolph, and then he couldn't do it for whatever reason because their schedules are crazy yeah they're um, on the road like over 300 days a year yeah i mean it's like a road comic schedule but with working out too right and uh so somehow I was told, hey, why don't you battle his friend John, who's not in the WWE right now? And uh, so, we, you know, we met and he's a very cool guy. And, uh, you know, I tried to explain to him the room. You know, it's a wacky energy, dude. It's it's like, it's unlike anything you'll ever experience in your life. And he was like, dude, I've done WrestleMania. I've, I've been in front of 70,000 people before, <laughs> which is true. Yeah. But the second he got on stage that night for our roast battle, you could tell he was like, oh, fuck. This is different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and Dolph and Sarah are friends, so I kind of get it. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't, it, it's not the matchup I would have done, you know, because it's like, she's one of the best roasters in the world. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, I get it. It's a friendly matchup. It wasn't really, 
you know, okay, who's the best roaster? We already know that going in. I mean, I would have, to be honest with you, put Dolph against May because it's like, all right, Earl does the pro wrestling bullshit. There's a pro wrestler. Let's see. Right. You know, and he could have beaten me. Like, I'm beatable. Well, that's why I think it would have been interesting because he's the heel of WWE and you're the heel of roast battle. So it would have been cool to see heel versus heel. Like, I would have rather have had Sarah face someone a little more uh, on her level. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I mean, I don't know who, but like, you know, like a Kim Congdon or whoever. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't have cast my season how they did it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know what, you know, TV executives look for. I wasn't super impressed. I watched last night. I wasn't super impressed. I didn't go to that taping. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to watch any of it, but like, I just think the, you know, some of the battles just seem so, uh, uh, there's a guy from New York, put him against this guy from New York, uh, LA. Yeah. You know, do they know each other? Not really. So then you just get generic. You look like blah, blah, blah. Well, you look like this. And then it's like, all right, well, I mean. I hate the format. The new format sucks. It's I mean, yeah. Jeff's fantasy battles. I don't understand how those are Jeff's fantasy battles. But I don't like, you know, like I kind of get on the surface, the Sklar brothers, but like the visual of, oh, it's twin brother versus twin brother. Yeah. And they're both very funny guys, but they've never battled before. Like how do two people who've never battled get on the TV show? Like that's mind blowing to me. Uh, there were know. several of those, though. Oh, there's a lot. I yeah. mean, Dolph, Dolph. never battled. Uh and I heard it was a fun battle with him and Sarah, but it's like, it, it, I don't know. I mean, is this about who the best roasters are? Is this just, let's put these wacky matchups together. I, I, would I just say, don't get it. I would say the battle between him and Sarah, the, the jokes were more of uh, the, the level of undercards in the belly room. They weren't, they weren't great. Well, Sarah's an animal. Yeah, like, but she, she, you put her up against Dolph, who is supposedly, she says is one of her best friends. Oh, they are. They are very good. Like, you know, I mean, I, I get it, but like, you know, I just I'm a, I view roast battle as a uh, an athletic event, mm -hmm. like and and so I think the best should take on the best. If you want to have, you know, Dolph, you know, have him take on another wrestler or you know something. I just don't. I don't know, and you know, I just don't understand the thinking of. And, you know, not to be a cock, you know, you know me, I'm not cocky or, or a brag, bragging person, but I'm literally the only roast battler that's asked about online. Like, when's this person battling again? You know, it's just, it's the truth. So I don't know who sits there and goes, yeah, no one wants to watch him battle. I myself have asked that when you're going to go back to roast battle. Well, not not anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not good enough for the TV show, but uh, yeah, why don't you battle Tuesday night? Uh, I'm good on that. <laughs> you know, thanks. I appreciate it. We're going to put you in the commercial just so we can get people to tune in and then not put you on the show. I mean, that, uh, yeah, I mean, that you talk. this show finds different ways to turn the knife. Uh, you know, I, I must have gotten 10, uh, you know, messages or tweets or whatever, uh, hey, dude, you're in the commercial. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, man, we just saw it. And then some guy sent me the commercial. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's it really. It's I, haven't, a, I haven't battled in a while. 
uh, I kind of stopped battling for two reasons. Number one, every time that I battled, Jeff Ross buried me before we even started by telling the crowd uh, how horribly unfunny I would be and uh, and how he couldn't wait to see me lose because I'm a pretty boy in comedy. And at that point, every time I was, you know, I had a winning record. I, I was I was doing pretty well until he started doing that. And then uh, number two was uh, the last battle I did do, I murdered my opponent, but because she twerked uh, just before the judges voted, it ended up being a tie. Well, I mean, the records mean nothing. I mean, they mean something. I don't think they do, to be honest with you. I mean, the rankings are, are a complete joke. Uh, you know, the the top, I don't even know who's in the top. I don't go on the website and look at the battles. Or I, I haven't been on verbal violence, uh, the website, in a year and a half. So I, I don't, this is not a shot at anyone who's in the top 10 right now. But, right. like, it's not a real top 10. Like... You know, yeah, but when you put the work in to write jokes for a comedy competition and then somebody ties you because they twerked and they literally had no response to any of their jokes, but somehow they tie you when they twerk, that's a little frustrating. I mean, technically it doesn't matter as far as the rankings go, but uh, I guess ego wise, if you put that much work in, you want some kind of recognition for it. Oh, I get, yeah. wanting to get, that's why I'm so pissed. Uh, you know, because I think people forget the early days of roast battle. It was um, people weren't coming for the battles, to be frank. Like they were coming that first year, maybe year and a year and a half uh, to see what me, Moses, and Coach T would do. Right. Like you know, because uh, the wave hadn't really found their groove yet. You know, because uh, it's different members. I mean, the wave used to be Jack Knight, Keith Soul. And you know, just randoms. Jack Knight was in the wave. Oh yeah, he was in the OG uh, wave, and I think his manager at the time uh, was like, "Hey, dude, you got to get out of this show because <laughs> it was a crazy show back then." I mean, it was like, uh, you know, we, and I've said this a lot on the podcast, but like, if two white comics were battling, each one could say the N word, and oh, like, shit. you know, I was going pretty deep with the wacky, you know, racial stuff, and uh, so. But, I mean, the battles were not that good. I mean, if you had four battles, uh, say, in a night, I would say the best one would be average. The second next one would be slightly below average. And then the other two would be completely horrible. Yeah. And so me and Moses would, would play with each other, and then Coach T would be on it. So, you know, there's no show to get to Jeff unless the three of us save it. Right. So it's like, you know... That's just a fact. Like, so I don't know why uh, other people continually get taken care of over me. But I found that interesting that um, the Saudi prince was on the show too. I mean, it, to, to not have you on battling is one thing, but to not have you on at least as the house hater is is pretty disrespectful as well, in my opinion. Oh, it's completely disrespectful. Like, you know, when I was doing that, I was told, well, there's not enough time for you uh to do it but now all of a sudden there's time so it's like <laughs> i mean you it's know. a cold business as a, a, a friend oh. of mine says oh yeah and i mean people i beat the, you know, a few people i beat were on this season like it literally makes no sense like so uh you know what can you do i mean it's just uh 
it is what it is. So it was funny because when I, I when I got there, I had the I guess what they called the VIP wristbands they were giving to like roasters and things like that to sit upstairs. And when I got in there, uh, some Comedy Central, I don't I don't want to say execs, but some people who worked for Comedy Central saw me, and they approached me and they said, "Hey, uh, we'd love to have you sit." right behind the judges with, you know, the inst they had like Instagram models and stuff. Oh yeah. And they're like, we'd love to have you sit behind the judges. We need like some good looking people behind the judges. And I was like, nah, I, I don't, I don't want to sit behind Jeff and everybody and just sit with Instagram models and be, <laughs> just be background fodder. I'll pass. I'll go hang out with the comics. It's funny how that whole thing worked. Well, they did that to me in season two. Like, you know, I got a call from uh you know comedy central execs hey dr ken wants to meet you which he did so it wasn't a total lie but uh, we're gonna sit you with him and you know yeah it'll be fun and and you know clearly i was brought in for a particular battle and then as soon as that battle was over i was kicked out of my seat like literally kicked out like oh here we're gonna we're gonna move you so i was like really now i'm a joke prop uh you know so it's just uh i mean it's been a fascinating um, education in terms of, you know, how people can be treated. Here's the question, though, that I have for you. Do you think it's um, the powers that be at Comedy Central that kind of dick you over? Or do you think it's, uh, you know, the, the show itself? Uh, I don't really know, to be honest with you. That That's, like, really one of the more frustrating things about the show for me is like i don't even know who to be mad at to be honest with you like if you look at uh you know my season in montreal you know my road to roast battle match was uh much tougher than anyone else's you know like in that season you had uh podcast partners battling you had people uh battling people they'd already beaten you had people like uh, you know saratiana got to battle george perez and they're very good friends right uh i get to battle some dude i've never met before he literally right it's the number one roast writer for comedy central uh and it's like why am i getting this matchup like what like i don't mind going up against the guy but like wh why am i literally the only one with a tough matchup uh you know, versus let's say someone like Mike Lawrence in New York in his road to roast battle matchup, he got to battle his best friend. Yeah, that's like who, weird. Who didn't really, you know, he's a great comic, but he, you know, he not really battling's not his thing. So it's like a total gimme match for Lawrence. Right. And then in the second round, he got Ralphie May and I get Jimmy Carr. It's like, like, like literally I'm, I'm like getting all these maniacs to battle and so montreal was not very fun for me to be honest right and i was it was made very uh clear to me that if i lost in montreal i'd be going home the next literally the next day at eight in the morning that's so shitty to do to somebody who helped build the show i just don't get it i mean i don't either to be honest with you but like it doesn't matter if i get it or not i mean it's just like uh you know, and I've never had a bad battle. Not once. Yeah. I've never had a bad battle. I don't understand how uh, the network says, hey, we got a guy who is a fan favorite who's currently a series regular on two different shows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying up here and the jellies. 
Yeah, two they different have, networks. You're you actually write your own shit, and it's well. Good. I don't. Uh, in full disclosure, I would say that sixty to seventy percent of my jokes are written for me in roast battle. I, I do come up with thirty. I'd say thirty percent of my own. Really, uh, mainly the rebuttals. You know, because I'm. You know, I've been blessed with like. Uh, being fast in that regard like well, I, know I think where, that's everybody but i mean i know like where people are going to hit me it's going to be age it's going to be uh the age difference of my last girlfriend um parents dying two months apart um <laughs> roast battle is so brutal man but i mean i like so it's very easy for me to go okay you know i'm ready i know exactly what people are going after me on every single time yeah i mean your looks my looks my instagram uh, vine fine uh so the i mean fact that i have i sleep with porn stars you know what you know like but for me like roast battle is not my normal sense of humor like i don't like okay you're fat you're whore you're this <laughs> you're that you fuck this person you're black you're mexican yeah i mean it's just yeah. not uh, you have small tits you have a big nose uh your pussy stinks uh this that and the other uh so that's why most of my jokes are a, a majority of them are, are written because uh, it's just not my humor. Like, yeah. You know, some people enjoy being bullies. I don't. So, but you know, it's. Uh, that's the hardest thing for, for me for Roast Battle is that um, when I get on stage, I'm automatically hated regardless of anything that but I yeah. say. And I have to be very careful that my jokes are are witty and well crafted because I automatically come across as the bully. But you're like a hot chick, like a hot chick who's funny is not going to get the credit for being funny because she's hot. So the girls in the crowd are going to hate her. The guys in the crowd don't want to laugh if they're with a girl cuz then it's like you know you're trying to fuck the girl you're next to, not the girl <laughs> on stage. Uh so you know that's why the the reactions are are muted. If you look at the more successful roast battle people, they look like fucking gargoyles, uh, you know? Yeah. Because that's their thing. They've been bullied on. So this is their chance to be get paid literally to be a bully, uh, you know? So uh, I, I guess it, it does a service in that regard. But, uh, you know, it's just been a, a frustrating two weeks just because everyone's asking me about the show. It's like, oh, no, dude, I'm not you know well yeah i mean i knew you were frustrated we had to reschedule this a couple times because of the i was too angry last week on. yeah you know i just not in the uh right uh mindset to uh you know conduct an interview but uh, you know I'm rightfully not, so man you, i'd be pissed too i mean you know pissed. it's not like uh I'm some open micer with two battles to my name going, I should be on TV. You know, no, no, you shouldn't. There's a million people ahead of you. Yeah. And there's other people who should have been on the show. It's not just, I'm not the only one who got dicked over. I mean, Jesus Christ, Frank's not on. You won the sh fucking season. And I don't know how, you know, to me, I would have put Mike Lawrence against Frank. I think that would have been the best match. Well, it's just like, you know, it's champion, champion versus, versus champion. champion. Like, yeah. You know, uh, and these, you know, so I don't understand that. I mean, some of the battles, uh, you know, were okay. I mean, Yamanika and Jamar is a great battle just because they're both likable. And, but, you know, it, it, it's like, to be honest with you, and I love Yamanika, but like she gets to do the show twice and I, I, I don't. Is this going to go up after the episodes have aired? 
Uh, no, this is going out in about an hour. Oh, I mean, shit. as soon as you leave, I better not uh, spoil alert anything then. Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know who won. I don't know uh, who. Uh, of course, I had two people who were in season three asking me for help, which was crazy. So I can't be in the fucking show, but you guys need my help. And I know in one case, jokes, my name will be brought up to do something to the uh, participant. So it's like there's a there's a couple battlers that battle in the belly room that are friends of mine that. Uh, ended up having several jokes used on the show, but weren't good enough to be on the show, even though they're probably the best battlers in roast battle right now. But that's the thing. This, I don't know if this show is about the best battler anymore. Like, you know, because that was the case. I mean, you know, K. Trevor Wilson would be in this. Jimmy Carr would be in it. Uh, Tom Ballard would be in it. Uh, Danny Nolan. I mean, I don't know if he's one of the best. He's very good, but like, you know, that I think he's a great battle battle writer. Oh yeah, but a like, lot of his jokes got used. I also think that uh you know, there's such a a lot of the people who do well in the belly room would not do well against like Jimmy Carr. Well, or, no. Or, or K Trevor Wilson or Tom Ballard. Tom Ballard's the gay dude I beat in season 1. My first battle, he'd kill anyone in L.A. because he's he's great. I just got lucky, and you know I know how to work the room. The but Jimmy like, Carr thing is was, but Jimmy's an animal, crazy. Well, I just got lucky with the clipboard, and like some people don't think I won, but uh, you know it, it's you know it's all relative. Well, I mean, these no one remembers two days later. Like it's not like you know whoever won on last night in two days, no one's going to remember. It's just it's it's a reality show. I don't like the I I don't like that it's not a format anymore where it's um where it's tournament style. I like the tournament tournament style format. I mean, I like you know if you're gonna have battles, I think they should they mean they should mean something like just one battle that I get. Then you put all your energy and effort into uh you know that battle. So I, I like in theory that idea of okay, let's get two people who uh, used to date. They're gonna go all in. Let's get two people who don't like each other they're gonna go all in get twins i mean I, <laughs> I, I they're great comics i don't know how the battle went but like uh you, you know i just think it, roast battle is such a great show i don't think you need to do gimmicks like you know i don't think you need to bring in random celebrities like you know i don't you know ralphie may and todd barry are great 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 comics but it's like I'd rather see Doug Fager. Yeah. You know, I'd rather see, uh, you know, Gene Whitney, you know, because I mean, I think that the shows, it's not like they're getting Jim Carrey to do it. Then I could say, okay, if you had a chance between Jim Carrey and this unknown comic, I get that. But, uh, you know, it ain't my show. So there's, yeah, I think there's enough talent in Roast Battle to, that you don't have to go gimmicky. Especially yeah. if you're not getting, you know, star names to do the gimmick. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to get like these random celebrities and, and you know, but like I said, it's... Like I love Dolph Ziggler, but I don't, I don't foresee him boosting your numbers that much when it comes to uh, Roast Battle. I mean, he might just because you get the wrestling freaks to watch. Like you're going to get wrestling fans who probably wouldn't give Roast Battle the time of day and go, okay, well... 
Yeah, well, oh my God, the Intercontinental Champ is doing or whatever. You think so? You think? Oh yeah. Get it's WWE very much WWE like fans to tune in. Oh, absolutely. Know. Like it's very much like why you have uh, like the UFC loves bringing in Brock Lesnar because they know that uh, you know that they're going to get the pro wrestling fans. Yeah, and and the uh, the WWE loves bringing Lesnar back. Because then they know all the UFC fans are going to watch. Even though UFC fans are like, this shit's fake. We could watch Dan Henderson and Shogun Hua fight for real. Right. But they're going to want to watch Brock Lesnar because he just lost to Alistair Overeem or whatever. He's also a worker, though. He's really good. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's good at both. He's a good worker. But, you know, and Dolph's very, Dolph's a great dude. Like, he's an awesome guy. Uh, So I'm not like, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I just think I'd rather see Sertiana go up against, uh, I don't know, Mark Norman or, you know, someone who's more capable at roast battle. Uh, so, uh, but, you know. I think if you were going to, if you were going to put a pro wrestler on roast battle, it would have been, would have been cool to uh, like Dolph Ziggler versus uh, CM Punk would have been great two guys that are good on the mic you know cm punk isn't doing anything right now because yeah well he had the, a shot ufc yeah. angle is gone i tell you know he gave it a nice run uh i mean i i would like to i've always said i'd like to battle the rock just because i think <laughs> he would have a great he's funny and he'd have a great sense of humor what would be your entrance battling the rock uh i don't know you know i i, I mean i i probably will never battle again so i i uh I don't even know, but like it would be something funky where he would like enjoy it. And, Should come uh, out dressed as mankind and do all of your roast jokes with the sock of. Yeah, I did something like that. <laughs> I mean, I like fucking with people's heads, so uh, you know, because I would go into that battle wanting to kill him. Yeah, like I'm very competitive, so like, uh, but you know, it's probably not going to happen. So, so that's your dream matchup, The Rock. Yeah, I mean, there's really no. Uh, you know like real battles that i like oh my god i have to do this uh battle you know to prove i'm you know capable is there there's not there's not a battler that you genuinely have disdain for to the point where you would want to come back not really i mean you know i mean i can't really think of too many uh because i don't think i need to prove myself like if you have to call out people you know then you're insecure about your place on the show. Like anyone who says, oh, I've got to battle, you know, this person. It's like, well, I don't have to battle anybody. I mean, I never have to battle again. And I'm fine with my place in the show's history. Did you get a lot of people after you were on the, uh, the first season? Did you get a lot of people trying to like battle you in public or like online? Uh, well, I had like a lot, couple Jimmy Carr fans. Not well, you suck. You, you're fucking this and that, and you know, it's like, hey man, I, I don't, you know, it was fixed. You know, it's like, do you really think Comedy Central was going to fix it for me to win? You know, especially when Jimmy was doing the Rob Lowe roast a month later. Yeah, like, you don't think they're going to make? They wanted him to win clearly, uh, but you know, I don't know Jimmy Kimmel. I literally met him once. I would never met Seth Rogen until after the battle. So it wasn't like I was winking at them like, hey. <laughs> uh, so We got uh, a plan, boys. Yeah, it's not like, you know, I can't help it. Like they valued the performance 
uh, over the, the, you know, because I had one joke that didn't work against Jimmy, but, uh, you know, my performance was, you know, just better than his. Uh, but if that was uh, Sarah Silverman and Judd Apatow judging, they probably would have voted for Jimmy because they, I think, went straight for, okay, who has the best jokes? Right. So I got lucky in terms of that. Uh, but, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, I mean, I, I like to never say never, but I, I don't see uh, me battling again, especially how I've been treated. You know, I'm not going to help the show out anymore. I wouldn't. The I mean, only reason the only reason I ask that is because it seems like every time I'm on TV afterwards, I'll get people reaching out to me on social media or when I see people in public, they'll always try to get me to do character shit from things I just did. It's super weird to me. Oh, I mean, I get uh, I get battle offers every week. Hey, I want to battle you. You know, like what do I get out of it, like. You know, I've given enough on this show. I'm getting now. Uh, people are trying to make a name off of you, though. Well, I mean, in the grand scheme, I'm sure people who do, who don't watch Roast Battle or don't follow her are like, what is this guy so upset about? Uh, but to the people who get it, to the people who watch on Periscope and watch on Comedy Central, and, uh, you know, you, you it, it's a lot like, uh, you know, like there was a UFC fighter uh, by the name of Frank Mir. Mm-hmm. I think he's in Bellator now. Yeah, he just uh, he was just in the heavyweight Grand Prix. Just got knocked out by uh, old man Fedor. Yeah, Fedor. Uh, but the UFC at one point was putting him against uh, all these young guys, you know, because it was like, hey, they beat or the. I think the logic was, hey, we want Todd Duffy to beat Frank Mir, so then we could say, hey, he just beat Frank Mir, ex champ, former world champion. Yeah, yeah, and then Frank Mir was knocked out Todd Duffy in like you know <laughs> two minutes, and he beat another young guy. They kind of so that's kind of how I felt. I was like, I'm not battling, you know, this girl or that guy, you know, like no. just to validate them. Well, I mean, I, I believe in giving back, and I've always said that Roast Battle has given a lot to me. I mean, it's the sole reason I got the cartoon. It's the sole reason I got on I'm Dying Up Here. But I also think I'm a big reason why there's a season three. I mean, there's there's literally no show to get to Jeff mm -hmm. unless me, Moses, and Coach T uh, you know, did our thing. You know, Moses created it. That's, I've never... I did not help in that part of the show at all, but I helped build it. And so I just feel like. Well, I remember when I first started going to roast battle, you were still doing the, the house racist and half of the, half of the fun for me was your little, you know, your, your little beats in between the battles and then the, the little quick witted comments you would have when, you know, between between the jokes even like you had one with me. What was it? Uh, I did a joke when I was battling Darren, Darren Davis. I did uh what was the joke? Oh, it was uh Darren's black, of course, which is why this is a super racist joke. But the joke was uh, Darren almost got laid once, but the girl wrote her number on the back of his hand in Sharpie. And I, I did the act out of like look, trying to read a number on the back of my hand and it, it, the joke hit really well, but right at, right after the joke hit, you you threw in a little "gotta love the act out," and the room hit again. And it was like, I mean, it, it's funny. Those little quick moments are funny. 
Yeah, I mean, and there's time for it, you know. You know, which, and, you know, Cena's great. And, you know, he's probably better for the more sanitized version of the show. Uh, I think I was not necessarily better, but like a better fit for the wackiness of the show. Right. But that, once again, was what got the show to Comedy Central was what is this crazy show? Like, you know, so, uh, you know, I remember what, what was I, uh, was reading about, you know, I'm a big Miami Vice fan the tv show and uh there was an article i, th I think vin diesel's doing a reboot so there's yeah they're bringing it back old older articles about the the casting for the old show and like um the guy larry wilcox who was the blonde uh police officer in chips mm -hmm. officer baker he was like this close to getting the don johnson part and uh like he had uh, tested with all these other actors as if he had gotten the part already and they were just using him to work with the other actors. They knew all along that Don Johnson was going to get the part. Wow. So, uh, you know, I was like, Oh wow. I kind of feel like, you know, all right, Earl, thanks for playing. Hit the road. You know, we're going to put you up against all these tough people. And if you win great, it's a good story. If not, well, yeah. we don't burn a bridge because you don't have any representation. That's shitty, man. I mean, I, no one's told me that. It's just, what else am I supposed to uh, surmise? But just to feel that way is shitty about a I show mean, that you put so much work and effort into. Oh, yeah. I mean, I should be like, uh, I should have such uh, fond, uh, you know, memories and, and gratitude, which I do have the gratitude. I've always thanked the appropriate people. I mean, Jeff got it on television. There's no denying that. Right. But like, you know, there's no show to get to Jeff, you know, in that first year, year and a half. Um, so, you know, you know, it's, I, I literally like I'm speechless uh, at seeing 24 other people get it over me. I mean, it, it makes no fucking sense. I agree, man. But, you know. It's like this business doesn't make sense. Nothing so. about this industry makes sense. I've. It, it's kind of funny that I. I never thought that comedy was uh, the the same as the acting, TV, and film world until I really started getting into it. Oh, I never, it is. I never realized how much politics were in it because it took me a long time to get into comedy. I I've only been doing stand up not even two years now. It took me a long time to get into it. And uh, the reason for that was because I didn't think I had anything to offer it. Well, don't let that stop you. <laughs> well, I had, I had a lot of, I, I had a lot of respect for it and appreciation. I've always been obsessed with stand up, but I just didn't think I had anything to offer stand up. So that's why it took me so long. Actually, Rogan was the one who kind of convinced me to do it through his podcast. He was like, if you make your friends laugh and you can make people around you laugh, then you're funny and you should try and do stand up. So I did. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, but, you know, comedy is like, I, I really, I've done it for almost 20 years. And, you know, it's, it's the sad thing is not the funniest people make it. Like if I were casting a late night talk show for comics, I'd expose the world to so many funny people. It's like, who is this person? Guys yeah. and girls. You know, a guy like Jay Singlearn, who you know, is one of the funniest people I know and for the most part is unknown. Uh, you know, you know, so many like 
people like that where they just either are socially awkward and they don't have a manager and uh you know i i mean i was clued in on that end of the business one year when i uh auditioned for montreal and i auditioned four years in a row and like the first year i did good but i probably shouldn't have gotten it so i was fine second year uh i definitely should have gotten a call back i mean i was one of the funnier people third year i got a call back and at the call back it was 12 of us two people got it from the call back and those two people literally had the two worst sets so the next year i just felt like a body at the uh audition i was like i should i'm totally disheartened after what happened last year and the, the camera guy who was one of the people running he wasn't just a camera guy he was like you could tell he was in charge to some degree of the selection process he's like dude you know why you didn't get it last year right i'm like oh, i'd love to hear it uh <laughs> and he was like those two people who got to have managers so that was literally like, oh. that was the only reason yeah well i mean if it was just based on comedy uh they don't get it and i do so uh, you know i'm sure to a degree roast battles the same thing uh, you know who's repped who's not you know i'm sure if i was with three arts i'd be on roast battle all three seasons because they want to work with three arts right uh you know if you look at a few of the people that i know got it and i don't want to ruin uh you know the future episodes but you know they're there are people who had nothing to do with Rose Battle, but they had maybe specials on Comedy Central. So it's like, all right, well. Yeah, there was a couple of those. Yeah, and they're all cool people. I'm friends with all of them. Uh, but it's just like, oh, okay, well, it's it's nice to see all my hard work pay off and this guy gets to do Rose Battle and I get to watch. Oh, but I get to be in the commercial. I guess it's all good. So Well, with the bad-mouthing that I've already done to roast battle today i'd imagine comedy central won't be calling me anyway <laughs> but i don't think you've bad mouth like i this is what i don't like about comedy it's like we're not i'm not bad i don't think either one of us is bad mouthing the show or uh you, you know anyone that has anything to do with the show i i mean we're just being honest you know you know i mean someone came up to me uh this morning at the gym because they heard my episode i did last night with casey and uh, they're like, dude, you sound bitter, like about uh, roast battle. I'm like, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, when you feel scorned, you have to say something. Well, you, I mean, you don't. You can just keep it in. And, you know, it's a fine line of, you know, obviously I want to get on Comedy Central as a comic. But it's like, you know, do I just bite my lip and not say anything? Uh, do I, you know. I yeah, mean, but as a comedian, it's your job to speak your mind. Yeah, well, not really. Not in this business. I mean, like, if you speak your mind, you'll, you know, I potentially could be burning a bridge with them, but I don't think I've ever, like, said anything. I, I've said the truth about my experiences. I don't, I mean, you know, I don't think I, even with what I said about Mike Lawrence, like, you know, we're friendly, but, like, he had an easier path than I did. Right. And I don't think that's fair. Because like, I helped build the show. He didn't, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody should have an easy path to the show. Well, I mean, if you're going to take care of someone, I think it, I should have been first up in the queue. You know, I, but for, I mean, obviously, Moses is going to get taken care of, and, and he deserves to, and he should be, uh, you know, Coach T, you know, Jeff. But, like, when you, you know, are figuring out the battles that first season, I, I, you know, I, I just don't understand how. I mean, clearly, I was not being rooted for against a Comedy Central employee. 
It's like, well, why am I getting that? Why doesn't, I don't know, Guy Branham get him? Like, Do you think that they didn't expect you to beat him? Oh, no. I'm sure the feeling was, uh, you know, well, Earl make it fun. He'll come out in his leather pants and robe and, uh, you know, he'll do some pro wrestling shtick and then uh, Jesse will kill him. And Jesse Joyce is like, he's an amazing writer. He's a great comic, a great roaster. Uh, I mean, he came to that stage that night with literally, if you watch that battle, if you go on Comedy Central, I guess, and put in Earl Skagel, Jesse Joyce, he comes to the stage with nine pages of jokes. Like, he had nine pages of jokes on me. Damn. I had five in my head, and that's it. If we had to go to a sixth joke, I was fucked. Uh, so he's a much better writer than me, and and, you know, but I just had a great strategy. Yeah. So swagger makes up for a lot. Well, strategy in my case, uh, you know, like, you know, I knew he was long winded. So I knew if I made him go first, the likelihood of him going long on his first joke was high. Uh, and it's exactly what happened. You know, he, I mean, his first joke was so long at one point, Rogan had to interrupt him and say, dude, that's three jokes. Yeah. And then they started kind of playfully arguing and I'm like, just don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just put your head down and just let them. I mean, every second he's arguing with a judge, it's going to be better for me. Right. And uh, and then I, my first line was, wow, uh, Jesse, that joke was longer than your first marriage. And it just blew up the room. And Jesse, I don't think, knew my style. That was my first joke. I use my rebuttals as jokes. Mm -hmm. Some people don't like that, but I do what I do up there. And so he's got a huge laugh. And then Jesse was looking at me like, uh, where's your joke? I'm like, that's my joke. It's funny. You should look into it. <laughs> he's got another laugh. And then I looked over, and I'll never forget this. I Every Comedy Central executive was in the VIP room or, you know, the ups, the, whatever that area is called, the, the VIP. Box. The box. Yeah. And uh, they all literally at the same time got on the edge of their seats and went like this. And then the second joke was a repeat, basically, of uh, his didn't necessarily work and, and mine really hit. And you could see them all tilt their heads at the same time going, oh, fuck, I think this is the guy we have to take. Uh, and then, you know, when I got the bracket, you know, I had the two tough, in my opinion, the two toughest people in my bracket, not on my side. Right. But in my individual bracket i'm like wow i get tom ballard like because i think people kind of forget it, there was an untelevised season of roast battle uh it was the the jeff ross roast masters presents that it's was like in a, was that was in montreal JFL? it was like yeah. a test it's like a test run uh, I guess, you know, and there were some problems with uh, some behind the scenes problems that I honestly don't know to this day what was going on, you know, between the producers and people who were billing themselves as the creators. Uh, so they couldn't call it roast battle. And Tom Ballard in that season was killing people like he was fucking leveling people because he's great. He's like... He's like, you're hyped, but he's a little, little not chubby, but like a little, little portly, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. he's gay. And he's just, you know, he's like, okay, I'm gay. 
What else you got? I'm a big ass gay dude. Yeah, yeah. I still get more pussy than you. <laughs> uh, it's just very good. And so I was like, wow, that's a tough battle. And then if I win, the likelihood of me uh, having to face Jimmy Carr is pretty high. Although Christy Cielo gave Jimmy a um, pretty good battle. Um, but I was like, wow, I'm probably going to have to face Jimmy's. That's like, Jesus Christ. And no one wanted me to beat Jimmy. Nobody. Because uh, he's the guy. Yeah. Like he is the, he's the best. Uh, and then even if I beat him, I was like, wow, I'm going to probably get Sarah Tiana. And then if I beat or lose to her, I'm going to have to face Mike Lawrence or Kate Trevor Wilson. And, uh, you know, to beat Kate, Tre I'm more proud of beating Kate Trevor Wilson in Canada than I am of beating Jimmy. Because Kate Trevor is just like, he's big in Canada. He's huge. Well, he's like, big anywhere. He's, very but big I mean, guy. like, he's, <laughs> he's like, I, we don't really have someone, uh, like he's like Sarah Tiana is in the South. He's just loved. Right. Or Sarah's loved everywhere. But like, you know, she's, you know, he's like the Canadian lumberjack. Everyone loves him. And, and that untelevised season, he was murdering people too. Like, so, you know, I just, you know, would have preferred like, you know, when I saw other people getting easier battles, it's like even Steve is easy, you know, was in a bracket where there was a couple non-roasters, and, you know, Miss Pat and Ralphie May got to battle each other. I'm like, why don't I get, like, Ralphie or Steve? Like, <laughs> And not that I would beat them. Ralphie was so angry. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't really. I mean, you know, we all sign up for roast battle. So you, you know, no one's taken advantage of. Like, if you sign on to do roast battle next week against, uh, Pat Barker, you know you're gonna be fucking up against one of the best, right? And uh, you know he's gonna make fun of your videos and your looks, and you know how you fuck porn stars. I mean, you know. So I you think roast battle is the only format where a, a a man can get made fun of for fucking porn stars. But like you, you know, like you signed up for it, yeah. So I don't, you know, it's just like when I sign up for it or signed up for it. I don't want to hear jokes about my parents dying two months apart, but you know what? It's, it's fair game. Right. Uh, I believe as long as it's true, it's fair game. Of course, some people don't subscribe to that theory, but, uh, Oh yeah. Cause apparently half, half of my roast jokes that have been written about me, I'm gay. I'm well, like, but I'm I like, how are you going to do a, a joke about me having sex with porn stars? And then a joke later say that I'm gay. It doesn't make sense. You can insinuate it like, or imply it, but, you know, you can't, you know, it's like Mike Feeney goes through the same thing. He's a good looking dude. I mean, he's clean cut. So, he, he, you know, it's a compliment to say that both of you look gay. Like, I would love to have someone say, hey, you look gay, Earl. Uh, well, you live in West Hollywood. Well, that is gay. Uh, it's super not, gay. Uh, but like, um, <laughs> and you but, walk and you have walk a tiny dog down Santa Monica Boulevard. So it's not much of a stretch that you could possibly be gay. And what a stretch. We talk about being gay and Gary Cannon just, uh, got into the chat room. Uh, but like getting back to Ralphie, it's like, I just, yes, he signed up for it. Uh, but I don't think putting him in a bracket where he most likely was going to face Mike Lawrence. I, I don't know. I just, I just wish they would have put Ralphie in a bracket where it was uh, like you could have had me, uh, Steve Renazizi, Ralphie, and uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Like all four of us are friends. Yes, we're going to go hard on each other. But like with Mike and Ralphie, it was just like 
I mean, I was in the room. It, it, for me, it wasn't fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just, it's like a lamb being brought to the slaughter. I mean, Mike Lawrence is going to have three layers of jokes about you being fat and your divorce. And like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I would have liked to have seen Ralphie go up against someone. Like Miss Pat and Ralphie was good. They're both kind of shit talkers and not really roast writers. Right. So it was a fun battle. Yeah. You know, me and, uh, I mean, really all my battles were fun because I was friendly with everyone, but like, uh, you know, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I just didn't like seeing Ralphie get beat like that. Cause it's just like, this, to me, it's like, this isn't what roast battle is like. Yeah. Putting I mean, one of the best roasters on earth and Mike Lawrence up against someone who's, Clearly on the show because he's a celebrity. I mean, battling is is a lot like, you know, fighting, boxing, or UFC. It's all about the matchups. You should be matching people up that are, you know, kind of on the same yeah level or the same, you know, have the same kind of style. Or like that's same, what you want to see. Same personality, like you know, uh, like K. Trevor Wilson versus Mike you know, would be a good battle. Yeah, that'd be a great battle. But, you know, uh, me and Tony Hinchcliffe would be fun because we're both like, we both love pro wrestling. We're, I mean, uh, it's, it's... You guys both have that like ego thing going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it would be a fun battle. Uh, you know, like Sarah Tiana and Kim Congdon would be great because they're both great. You know, they both battle like dudes. Like right. they go all in on you. Um, so, uh, you know... I don't know. I mean, it's such a fascinating show. I mean, I still, uh, I mean, I don't love the show right now, but like, uh, it's still, uh, you know, a a show that's, you know, it's been popular for five years. I mean, no matter how I feel about it personally, it's pretty amazing that it's, because I was in the room that first night. You know, there was like two people in the room. So, it's going to be interesting for the next, you know, month or so in in the uh, belly room on Tuesdays because last year after Roast Battle was on Comedy Central, you could not get into the belly room for weeks after the show was had aired. Yeah, brings everybody in was coming in. New fans and, you know, people like who want to battle now. I got to get on season four. You know, I'm sure people are already planning out season. Like, I got to get on season four, so I got to battle Sarah Keller, and then I got to battle Pat Parker, and then uh, see if I can get Earl out of retirement, and then I'll battle Connor, and then I'll battle this person and that person, and uh, you know, so it's and it's going to be in Mexico. It's in I think uh, the UK again, uh, Canada. Like, it's crazy how the show's gone global. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know personally if there's enough good battlers to have it expand like that but like you know uh do they do 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 jeff and moses get a piece of that those other shows that i can't speak of i have no idea uh i wonder uh i mean i'm assuming they do but like you know i i don't know i mean uh i wonder how that goes i mean you know moses should he created it jeff you know you know has you know obviously he's the one who got it to that level uh you know he brought in the celebrities which gave it that extra buzz so uh yeah i don't know i mean you know i literally was not told anything when i was on the show so i'm certainly not privy to you know the payment structure of you know what's going on now there weren't really any entrances this year uh nobody did any like crazy entrances 
Well, that's pretty much just me and Hooper, uh, you know. Um, so, you know, but, you know, a lot of people are just straight joke writers. They don't need to do entrances. Like, I have to. The entrances are so much fun, though. Well, I think it makes it watchable on television, like, uh, you know, which is why I was in the fucking commercial. Like, you know, you just can't sit there and show someone telling a roast joke. Like, it's like, all right. It's, yeah. The pro work. wrestling aspect you brought to it was fun. I think as a pro wrestling fan, it I it resonated with me. Well, I had to, it's it's part of what it is. You have for to me have it ego. was, but yeah. you know some people like a Mike Lawrence just wants to go up there and you know look at the person and shit all over them and and uh, but there'll be great jokes and you know some like Sarah Tiana she doesn't need to do an entrance she can just go up there smile and and she's gonna have some killer jokes. Pat Barker same uh, thing and uh, you know all the others who are good at it. You know Tom Ballard he doesn't have to. He just goes up there and smiles and yeah, hey. but without somebody on the show with charisma, nobody wants to, you know, I love, I love all of those people. They're, they're amazing joke writers, but they're not exactly known for their energy. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it is television. You have to be somewhat watchable, right? Like, you know, it was just a joke writing. I think people get, uh, you know, confused or whatever you want to call it that, it's a joke writing showcase. If that was the case, we would just email Comedy Central our jokes. You know, hey, Robin Tran is this. And then Robin could send me uh, or send them a joke. Earl is this. Okay, well, I guess Robin's better. She wins. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, a, it's a performance aspect. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, all things encompass. It's joke writing's a small part of it performance is a small part of it and you know audience participation is another part of it judges interpretation like it's like five things so uh you know we'll see i mean uh, i'm not going to watch one second of it but i i don't wish it i don't hope it does bad right but i'm just you know i'm not so I guess what we could say is uh, if you guys have just become fans of Roast Battle and you plan on going to the belly room to see the show live, don't expect to see Earl. Oh, you ain't going to see me up there. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, still go see it. I mean, I'm not telling people to not see it and, you know, don't support it. Uh, I, I know they have their own podcast now. Uh, that's, that's, I guess, Comedy Central's taking charge of that. The Verbal Violence podcast? Uh, I think that, well, there's always been that, but now it's, I think Comedy Central has taken over the podcast, so it's something different, I guess. Huh. I don't know. I mean, I have trouble keeping up with my own podcast. Uh, so, uh, and that was another thing that rubbed me the wrong way. Is like, I would say out of the first 150, 30, 40 episodes of this podcast, I would say 40 were done about roast battle and highlighting battlers and talking about the show, promoting it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, oh, okay, I guess that was a waste of my time. Uh, so, you know, as you can see, it's not just like one thing. Yeah, you, uh, you've, you've kind of been wronged all the way around. Well, I think they're valid, though. Like, I, I, was, I had a great... Uh, I've had several great talks recently, and I don't think these guys would mind me saying, you know, it was them, like Omid Singh and Jay Light, and I went to lunch, and, you know, I literally listed six, seven things. It's not just like, well, I had a tough, 
opening round matchup in Montreal. Well, everyone pretty much did. Yeah. Except for Jimmy. Like, uh, but, but he almost lost. Uh, uh, you know, it's like literally like the haters table being taken from me. There's not enough time. Uh, but now there is time, you know, uh, just the, the unfair battles that I was given, given what other people were given. Uh, right. You know, uh, you know, just, you know, keep the show going every week, you, you know, but when TV cameras come around, yeah, you can watch, <laughs> you know, being kicked out of my seat for season two after that battle I was brought in for. It's like, really? Like, this is really like, that's pretty disrespectful. I mean, but I don't know whose decision that was, but it was clear, like, you know, without, you know, getting into, you know, who did they replace you with? Stephanie Simbari's brother. Who's that? As some dude, like he has nothing, <laughs> but you know, and nothing against you know him. But it's like, wait a minute, uh, just some dude. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it was just like, but it was clear that I was brought in for that particular battle, like, right? Because I literally, as soon as both contestants' backs were to the stage. I'm, my shirt's being tugged on. Okay, you can move now. I'm like, well, I'm Dr. Ken, like he wanted, to, like I was supposed to, like hang with Dr. Ken and the judges. And like, yeah, yeah, we we got to move you. Uh, and and so it's like, <laughs> okay, I mean, that's, I guess that's, uh, I mean, what can I do? And that's then such a dick move. I mean, but I don't like. I've never said a bad word about the show. I've never uh, tried to take credit for creating it because I didn't. Uh, I never like tried to take credit for getting it on comedy central jeff did that uh but you know there's also i mean there's many other things like that but you're an og of the show so you, you deserve that respect it's kind of like uh you know it's like ufc there's a lot of guys that were kind of the ogs of the sport and now they're in the ufc hall of fame even though they may not be in ufc anymore or they may have had fallouts with the ufc like Tito Ortiz and, you know, uh, uh, but, but they're at least recognized. It's nice to at least be recognized at, for your, your contribution to yeah. the show. Like, uh, and they have done some nice things like, uh, you know, they flew me to New York, um, after the Rob Lowe roast where me and Mike Lawrence did like this Facebook live, uh, commentary after the, the roast ended, uh, so oh, that was cool, uh, but you know the the, the uh, you know whatever you want to say the dick moves have outnumbered the nice things. Maybe Comedy Central will start handing out trophies for the uh, for the next roast battle season, and it'll be the like the Earl the Earl Skakel roast battle trophy, kind of like I doubt it, <laughs> kind of like in football. All the trophies are are named after players or coaches. Who knows? So maybe you'll pull off the Earl Skakel Rose Battle Trophy. I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, <laughs> I've given up. It'd just be a face with glasses on it. Just a, a, a faceless face. I've given up trying to figure out, <laughs> you know, you just can't worry about things you can't control. Even though we've spent the last hour talking about it, but like we're just talking about it, like we're, I don't think we're talking shit. I think the people are interested in knowing how you feel about it because obviously you've been, you know, you've 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 felt like you've been wronged, and people want to know what's behind that. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I I know I've been wronged. I mean, like it's like you know, but it makes no sense. Like I, you know, to bring back people I beat. It's like, well, okay, well, this is not about being the best roaster then. Uh, and then it's like, you know, just. I know what it's like to be set up to fail by roast battle, not on the level that you have, not even close. But uh, when I battled Jay Light, that was a a very unfair situation for me, walking into it. Well, you guys had some good videos and shit for that fight, like promos. Yeah, we were cutting wrestling promos uh, for that. They were good. But, you know, when, you know, the room also wants blood up there. Like, you know, even, even like as well-liked as I am up there. And this is a good time to end the Facebook Live. If you want to listen to the rest of this, guys and girls, you got to switch over. And uh, tomorrow uh, we'll be on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, Kevin, where can, uh, for the Facebook Live freaks, Yeah, where can uh, people find you socially? You can find me uh, on Instagram at Original Kevin Mack. And also uh, you can check out my podcast, Mind Our Business, on Stitcher and iTunes, also on YouTube. That's a Mind Our Business podcast. So, uh, yeah, become, uh, well, you guys all know and love Kevin. Uh, we're going to talk for a few more minutes uh, about his stand-up and uh, all that good stuff. But you got to, you know, I can't give it all to you on Facebook Live. You got to, you know, <laughs> go over to the other, uh, the dark side of iTunes. So, uh, you, you, your, your podcast is on the dark web? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> absolutely. All right. We are ending on, uh, but, you know, it, it's... Yeah, you know, as, as well liked as I am up in the belly room, or as I was, uh, people loved it when I bombed. Like it's a, uh, it's a weird show in that regard. Like, oh yeah, they were super happy to see me fail during that battle because I mean, I kind of understand because number one, it's kind of a home field advantage for for Jay, you know, he books the battles. He's, he's the guy behind the scenes for roast battle. All of the comics love him. Cause you know, he's a, he's a comedy store employee and, uh, he's one of the guys. So I got it. Um, but walking into that battle, I heard some comments back in the green room that really, uh, that really threw me for a loop just by how like how vicious they were before I even got to this. Like who, like other roast battle people, uh, other comics, uh, they, they were, they weren't battling the night that I was on, but, uh, there were a few comics that were in the green room that weren't aware that I was in there. And I was, I was kind of over in the corner, just looking over my jokes, going over my notes. And I, in the green room, you know how there, there was that big stack of tables for a minute in there and uh yeah, yeah 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 they were all stacked on top of each other kind of over in that corner and i was hanging out in the corner just by myself couldn't really see that i was over there and uh there were a few comics having a conversation about me that didn't realize i was in the room <laughs> and one of the comics uh, i remember his comment specifically he said uh i hope kevin loses so bad tonight that on the way home he's crying himself uh, or he's crying on the way home and gets into a car accident and ruins that perfectly symmetrical face of his. And I was like, you know, I understand you wanting Jay to win. I understand maybe you feel at that point, like I was a tourist and I wasn't really in comedy for the, for the right reasons, or I was just trying to 
progress my acting career, but that's some pretty vicious shit to say about anybody. Oh well, I that mean, you don't know, especially. Welcome to roast battle. Like. Yeah, but I don't that I don't I don't consider that that wasn't roast battle related. That was just pure hate due to the fact that I'm quote unquote a good looking guy and uh, I was new, if you will, to the scene. But I mean, I got that so much. Like I know, uh, you know, Moses used to tell me all the time, hey, so-and-so said, uh, you know, uh, you're doing really good, Earl, but you're better with a partner. Like clearly they were trying to throw me under the bus so they could sit at the table too. And, uh, you know, I can only imagine. Oh, I, and I know two people who to this day are nice to me still are, went up to Moses and were like, you know, Earl just says the same shit over and over, uh, you know, trying to get, spot at the table and yeah so uh you know i think people what are you gonna do i think people see that though you know when somebody tries to go negative and and tries to posture and put themselves in a good position by putting someone else down people notice that shit well i mean i you know the haters table is the toughest whether it's me or cena uh, uh it's the toughest gig i mean like I mean, Moses has the toughest gig from the standpoint of, you know, he's got to open up the show. He's got to kind of get the room going and it's kind of, you know, weird energy to start. But, you know, then the haters table is like, okay, Cena, Earl, be funny, be racist, be homophobic now. Yeah. It's not like Cena or me when I was doing it could be like, uh, can you come back to me in five minutes? I'll have a good one for you. It's like, you got to do it now. Yeah. Uh, so... Cena's great. I love him. Oh, he's great. I mean, we do it two totally different ways. You know, he does it very mu much more prepared than me. Uh, and I do it more improv, like spur of the moment, whatever comes into my head. And most nights it worked. You know, some it didn't because there was just nothing came into my head. Uh, but it's the toughest. You know, when I was a little bit burnt out on it, you know, I would bring in people to help me. And like, I won't say names, but there were some big comics who sat next to me who froze. Because it's like, it's tough. You know, when Moses looks at you and goes, okay, what you think about that? And you're looking, uh, 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 you know, you're stuttering more than fucking Mel Tillis in one of the <laughs> Cannonball Run movies. Because it's our Jeff Russell, you know, hey, uh, House Hater or Cena or Earl, what you think of, uh, you know, uh, and I don't know what Jeff's going to tell me. Uh, you know, he could say, what do you think about Trump? What do you think about, you know, uh, you know, you know, or the night when Hugh Jackman was there, I'm sure it was like, Hey Earl, or, I mean, Cena was there, you know, what do you think about Hugh Jackman? And if you, you know, I don't watch those fucking Wolverine movies. So I would have been, uh, I mean, loved you in that Travolta movie where you were the computer expert, you know, <laughs> wait, what, what movie was that? Uh, I forget the name of the movie, but he was like the, this computer hacker and Travolta was like this bad guy. And, Travolta. It was with Halle Berry. Oh, Swordfish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I only remember that because I got to see Halle Berry's tits. Yeah, the pool scene. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I was obsessed with Hugh Jackman was in this uh, sitcom on CBS. Uh, I think it was 2006, maybe 2007, called Viva Laughlin. And it was horrible. It was like a musical sitcom. And uh, he's so talented, like he, he could sing, and but it's just it was not a good show. And like I would have probably done something on that. Who was that? Travolta? Uh, no, uh, Hugh Jackman. Oh, Hugh he Jackman. was like the owner of a casino in Vegas, and it was just it was a horrible show. And it literally was like canceled 
halfway through episode three. Like it, it never came back from commercial break. It was so bad. Jesus. Uh, but uh, you know, it's the haters table is tough. People don't read until you sit there. You don't realize how tough it is. Uh, but you know, I mean, I'm happy for Cena in one sense, but it's also like, well, that's part of the reason I also left the show was because I'm not going to keep doing this every week. And then when TV comes around, see ya. Yeah. Oh, but then the next week after the show's off the, or not off air, but like, okay, season three is done. Wait, we need you to help the show again. I'm like, I'm good. It says a lot though, that you can, uh, that you support the guy technically who replaced you though. Oh yeah. I mean, personally, I wish they didn't replace me because it literally was my creation. And once again, the people who don't really follow the show that deeply, it's like, dude, what's, what's the big deal? It's a couple lines, but like, you know, I would have preferred they just not do it anymore, but like, you know, I don't think my uh, wants and desires were ever really, uh, taken into consideration. And in some ways they shouldn't. I mean, I was just the sidekick to Moses. And then when Jeff came on board, I was a sidekick to the sidekick, you know, essentially. But, uh, you know, I just like it would have been a nice show of respect of, you know, hey Earl, do you want us to do it without you or not? Well, that's just not how Hollywood works. Right. So uh it was kind of cool being at the show for the tapings though, because I had a f- quite a few people actually recognize me from the belly room show. There were a lot of fans there that had been to the live show. And uh it was kind of cool having people approach me and say you know hey man i've seen you do your thing hopefully you get on season four i'm like yeah that's never going to happen Dude, you don't know i mean you know you don't know what uh their thinking is uh you know i mean i certainly don't uh, i feel like if i did end up on season four it would just be as a feeder fish for somebody else kind of like they expected you to be in the beginning yeah i mean i don't know uh you know i, I still don't really understand that but, but i would I, pull an earl skakel and write some wicked jokes and and fuck them on it that's what i would do so if you're listening comedy central try me well they i know they are like they do listen to this podcast i know a few of the executives do i'm not just a pretty face earl skakel i know but dude you you work hard dude. you can't deny your work ethic and like you know that you know, there's, you know, there's a whole world outside of roast battle, which I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, like, you know, I don't know how favorably roast battle is looked at by bookers from the standpoint of, you know, you got to do stand up for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. That ain't roast battle. No. You know, so, I mean, I've done, uh, you know, I did a show last week with a roast battle uh, comic uh and uh, they didn't have 10 minutes and they're one of the more popular people like and they were featuring uh they were basically uh opening for me and i was featuring for someone and they're great peeps but it's like you know if you do well on this uh show you're gonna get gigs you might not be ready for like you you have to like you know be uh, self-aware I feel like if you're to the point, but what that says a lot about the show though, because just because you're a great roast battle writer doesn't mean that you're necessarily a good joke writer. It's very different. Oh, stand it's up and, and, and it's completely different. 
You know, yeah. it's literally like I always say roast battles like a slam dunk competition. It's it's not basketball. It, it's you know, you look at the people who win the slam dunk competition in the NBA, they're rarely the best player on their team. It's like the seventh or eighth guy who has this incredible vertical leap and now he can dunk because no one's guarding him. Right. Uh, or it's you know, uh like you look at even in the home run hitting contest at the all-star game you know people who do well in it aren't necessarily the best players on their team it's just guys who can take batting practice essentially and like you know this year was an exception bryce harper oh yeah i mean that's but even he had to cheat like (laughs) wait what he was quick pitching like the rule in in baseball in the home run is the ball has to hit the the you know, either go in the stands or it has to like, you know, if you don't hit it out of the park, it has to hit the ground mm-hmm. before, before the they next can throw pitch. the next one. So in the final round, he was they were quick pitching to him, you know, because he got in a groove. Like, you know, the ball would still be in the air and the, he would be getting another pitch. So he was just <laughs> cranking out homer after homer. Uh, and he probably would have won anyway, but he did get in a few more uh, swings than the other guy. Oh, yeah, because it's a timed event yeah so uh but you know i I wish some roast battle comics would concentrate more on stand-up yeah i think if you uh if you get that opportunity if you don't have 10 minutes you shouldn't be accepting gigs well but you know especially at the comedy store like you know you know you think you're gonna fucking on a wednesday or thursday night go up to theo vaughn or jason galern or you know, Sebastian or Delia or, you know, any paid regular and like bust their balls in the hallway, they're going to tell you to fuck off, <laughs> uh, you know? So like outside of Tuesday nights, nobody really cares if you're ranked number 12. Uh, so if you want to get in at the store, or really any other place, it's it'd be a better comic. Yeah. I did. I had a Theo headline, the comedy show that I produced recently. And um, fuck, man, that guy's funny. Oh, he's great. That dude's so funny. Uh, but you know, it's like, you know, you want your name on the wall. You know, you got to be a comic. You know, very few people are going to get in at the store through, you know, through roast battle. I mean, I bust my ass constantly because, I mean, it sounds. I don't want to sound like a douche because I I feel like. I come across that way by complaining about it, but I feel like because of the way I look, I'm already at a disadvantage in the fact that, you know, people expect me to fail. So I have to work harder and write more and and bust my ass to prove people wrong. And, And it shouldn't be about proving people wrong, but to a certain point it is for me. And that sounds like such a fucking whiny crybaby thing to say, but, uh, People, I, people want to see me fail just because I, I did well in the genetic lottery. But in some ways, it's easier because, like, if you look at, you, you know, I mean, you're a castable dude. Like, so, like, stand-up is not necessarily the funniest people on TV. It's you either have to be fat and disgusting looking or super good looking. Like, it's the in-betweeners who are like, okay, what do we do with this guy? You know, like, frankly, I'm an in-betweener. Like, I'm, 
I'm not like hideous looking, but I'm not like so good looking where I could be the leading man. I'm like, okay, what are we? You can't really be the wacky neighbor because he's too good looking. Can't be the leading guy because he's not like, you know, like, you know, he's not that, you know, look. So it's like, what do we do with him? Maybe like, at least did. with you, is okay, this guy's a good looking neighbor. Yeah, but I have to be good enough to get on that stage to begin with, though. Well, for long term uh, success, you do. I mean, you could fool the industry once uh you know but like in terms of like you know stand up as an art like you're not gonna fool people twice uh but you know i feel like i i like where i'm at right now because i'm starting to i'm really starting to get an idea of who i am comedically in the beginning when i first started doing stand up i thought it was uh i thought i was funnier doing a gimmick playing a character right and then now I'm starting to see that uh, I'm funnier when I'm just talking about shit that really happened to me, shit that matters to me, and uh, and just settling into who I am on stage rather than trying to trying to play somebody funny. I'm just talking at this point. Well, I, to me, that's the best stand-up is like pe- people joking about what actually happens to you, you know. And like you look at most successful stand-ups, they talk about their lives. Bill Burr talks about his life. Uh, you know, uh, Joey Diaz, you know, you don't get any more realer than uh, Uncle Joey. Joey's the best. Oh, he's the best. Uh, that but, dude's had a crazy life, man. Oh, yeah, but good luck one of these roast battle kids uh, busting Joey's balls. He'll fucking swing on you. <laughs> uh, you know, Rogan talks about his life and his interest. Uh, you know, I think comics fall into uh, a hole when they try and what does this audience want me to talk about? You know, tender, whatever. Like you, you were a Vine star. So it's interesting to talk about it to yeah. me. Like, I have a lot of jokes about that. But, but, I, but it's great because you actually were like me doing it. I wasn't a, ever a Vine star. So like it wouldn't be authentic. Like with you, it is, you, you know, you're uh, got a big uh, following on Instagram. Like, so you know, you could talk about that and it's funny because it's true. I think the best humor is true. I think it, it, the, my frustration with the fact that I, it took me so long to get to a million followers on Vine. And then as soon as I did, the app died <laughs> and is not even in, in existence. You can't even download it anymore. Well, I think with any techno, technological, uh, you know, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, there, there's always some, 17 year old kid with pimples in his basement coming up with the next wave of you know there's vine then there's periscope you know and, and now facebook you know took over myspace and now you know twitter kind of took over facebook and now instagram's kind of taking over twitter uh and i'm sure something right now and you know it's going to take over instagram in a year or two so it's like you know, you got to always be looking ahead if you're basing your celebrity, not you, but like mm-hmm. anyone. Like you look at these Instagram twats, you know, two, three million followers. But when Instagram's dead, w- w- what are you going to be? I overheard a conversation at the taping with a Instagrammer and uh, they wanted to sit front row and they, you know, they were they were placing people audience wise. And uh, they were like, no, we, we need to put you over here. And the guy goes, 
I have 2 million followers on Instagram. You should probably put me where the camera's going to catch me. And I was like, wow. You might be right, though. Who knows? I, uh, I don't know. know. I don't know. Uh, Is that going to bring that much attention to the show? I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's a douchey thing to say, though. Oh, yeah. That's but they, the that's the uh, do you know who I am of, of our generation right now. Yeah, if you have to tell people who you are, like, you're obviously not that famous. Right. Uh, but, you know, I mean, there was that one in, the last time I was at Roast Battle, because I think Cena was sick or he couldn't make it, I went up there to fill in, and, like, there was some Instagram broad up there. She's got, like, three million <laughs> followers, and she was horrible. Like, the girl that Jeff brought? Oh, she's horrible. <laughs> Has a has a funny like you know she took the mic from Chappelle. It's like, are you crazy? That was insane. And uh, but that girl will get booked in any club in the country over uh, a a comic just because she can one tweet one Instagram picture. Hey, I'll be at the Chuckle Hut in Albany. Who what knows? was what was the chant she was trying to get going? Oh, I don't know. I tried it was to, like uh, she was trying to do a rap and. Uh, Oh, I remember what it was. Jeff Ross is the boss. Jeff Ross is the boss. <laughs> well, he might be the boss, but uh, Honey Pie, you're like, I mean, you know, you think of all the brilliant minds that are up there, uh, you know, during that night, you had Chappelle, you had Jeff, you had Henchcliffe, you had me, you had Moses, you had The Wave, you know, all these amazing comics and quick thinkers. And I think Donnell Rawlings was up there for a second. And this Instagram uh, broad, who I'm sure is a nice person. No, I don't know her. she's not. Oh, I don't know her. Like, I, I know her. I, 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 she, I've known her for a while. She used to be a friend of mine's roommate. Uh, she, she really is. People, people used to think that it was an act on her Instagram that she sounded like that and acted that dumb. But that, that really is her. I remember she, she got to a million followers on Instagram and somehow her account got locked out or, or got deleted and she went berserk and was uh, calling everybody she knew, trying to find out if they knew anybody at Instagram. And she was crying and she, she was talking about how her career was over and uh, going nuts and uh, blamed the, my friend who she lived with, said that he got into her phone and deleted her account and just went berserk. It was completely insane. But she, her whole existence is Instagram, which is scary. Well, you know, when you're, it's based on your looks alone. Like, you know, you have a skill of, of comedy behind you. But like with those broads, you know, it's like there's always a younger girl with bigger tits or a nicer ass. Or so, you know, it's a very, Instagram models are pretty uh, disposable. Like there's always going to be someone who's just as good looking as you are, a little younger. There's always going to be somebody who's better with a filter. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, but you know, that's the crazy thing about this business is that girl would get booked over 98% of the people in that room that night. And you think of all the brilliant comedy minds in that room that night and most weeks in that room on Tuesday nights. And, you know, the Instagram model or, you know, the, you know, Periscope freak, uh, you know, just the way the business is. Yeah. It's, it's crazy nowadays that fame is disposable. It used to be so difficult to 
to get uh, an audience and uh, and create a, a a fan base. And now pretty much anybody can do it just by going outside and filming themselves doing dumb shit or being cute or having big tits or being willing to to you know hit themselves with a board. Yeah, it's like it's the jackass little, little talent. It's like the jackass, you know. I mean, they not those guys are cool, but like, you know, their basically talent was taking a uh, staple to their balls. You know. How do you feel about Steve-O doing stand up now? I mean, he's respectful. Uh I'll give him that. You know, like I've hosted Potluck a few times where he's come in and he never runs the light. And, you know, he's more of a storyteller. I don't think he's doing stand up per se. Uh, you know, and then you got guys like Jeremy Piven who, uh, you know, he's doing his thing. I mean, he's a great actor, but this ain't comedy. So uh, this is juicy. I haven't heard. I haven't heard Jeremy Piven's comedy yet. I mean, he's a nice guy, you know, but like, like you just can't get into you know, comedy and, and put yourself out there on the main stage of the comedy store. And, you know, well, that's what happens when you kind of fuck your career up by being yeah, the, you a know. shady dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Kevin Spacey's next. Yeah. Well, uh, probably, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, if I you're mean, trying to book Kevin Spacey for a movie, you can get him at a deal right now. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, everyone's going down. I might, make it eventually because everyone's going to get fucking me too or time's up but you know some don't you don't have any questionable questionable tweets Not one. in the past oh or? i have some tweets that are out of control but like, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of that shit happening people going back in in retro uh scanning twitter comments and and all that shit you can go you can go down now for something you said eight years ago oh yeah like the guardians of the galaxy guy you know you know i mean roseanne uh, i mean that was a pretty bad thing she said so it's a pretty bad tweet you know and she doesn't really help herself with the apologies you know she went on uh sean hannity last week and was like all over the place and you know then gives this apology and then looks in the camera and goes, she should get a new haircut i mean really wow like totally ruined like okay this could be a heartfelt apology and then she like zings her one more time yeah, all your uh, credibility is out the window at that point. I mean, really, roast battle will be interesting to see where it goes, like in terms of like, you know, the subject matter that's, uh, you know, I mean, the jokes that go pretty deep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've used the word fag in a roast. I mean, I think I called Tom Ballard a fag. I've used uh, it uh, for sure. You know, I've done rape jokes. Uh, Same here. Uh, you know, but I, like, is that going to fly now? I mean, in a year or so, uh, you know, can you imagine if they looked back and all, I think all the roast battles have been filmed. I mean, I guess Periscope deletes them after the first, but I'm sure there's ways to pull some of the early roast battles and go, Jesus Christ, they were saying that. Well, even not even so much that if you if you really want to know what was said, you could always go back and read the roast report. Yeah, I mean, uh, which I think are all uh, available to see. And yeah, you can uh, go back in the in the archive yeah. and read every joke that was said. So, uh, you know, and there's people out there who will like, uh, okay, I, this guy uh, did a rape joke. What other jokes did he do? Oh my God. Uh, I have a, a I have a, a, a <laughs> I, I have a, uh, a lapse in judgment that is, uh, on network television. I did a, uh, I did a game show 
called Divided. And prior to the show, the producers came to me and they're like, Kevin, we're going to put you with three women on the show. And the idea of the show is it's a quiz show. You answer questions. There's four of you. Um, you answer questions, you build money in your bank. After the first round, you have to get rid of one person. Um, and then at the end of the, the game, um, there's three of you left and you have to you have to basically fight for 60% of the purse, 30% of the purse, and 10. So you all have to agree on who gets what at the end of the game. And if you don't, as you're trying to decide if you agree on who gets what, your, your, the amount of money you can win is going down. You, so your bank is, is, is being reduced. And I was on the show and they told me before the show started, like, Kevin, we want you to, to be the heel on the show. We really want you to be mean and aggressive. So I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, they're like, because if if the show isn't interesting, it won't air. And if even if you win money, you won't get the money if it doesn't air. So I'm like, well, shit. If I'm gonna go out there, I'm 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 gonna make this show watchable. So I went out there and I put on a persona of a very chauvinistic guy, and I I I uh, said some things that I probably shouldn't say. I remember there was this one girl who was who was a big girl. She was about six foot, probably two twenty. She was a big girl, and she was wearing purple. And, uh, at the, during the one part of the show, I, I said, I don't care if I don't get all the money, as long as the big purple mess doesn't get any of it. And the audience went nuts. And that was like the sound bite they used for that entire season. So right. now I can see if I ever do hit it big, people are going to be like, he called, he was fat shaming a woman on a game show six years ago. I can see it now. I can already see it. Oh yeah, and uh, like I, I think one tweet I put up, but uh, Don Lemon on CNN, who's like the, he's the black uh, primetime host, and uh, he was uh, he had a uh, special uh, episode about racism, and uh, part of the uh, episode he's got a cue card that spells out the N word, hard ER, and wow. he's just holding it to the camera. Like he's the cue card guy. Yeah. Uh, and I took a picture of it and I sent out a tweet saying, oh, wow, CNN's new cue card should get fired. Uh, new cue card guy should get fired. It's a harmless, but, but I had a TV executive go, dude, you got to take that down. You know, it's like, it's funny, but you got to take it down. <laughs> but, you know, someone could have screenshotted that and they're just waiting to, uh, you know. Waiting to unload it. Yeah, I mean, but to me, it was just the absurdity of a black guy holding up a white uh, cue card, spelling out the N-word. His, uh, I think the point of it was, like, is this word okay in any form to say, to write, you know. To any, show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, like two minutes after I put up the tweet, I had a TV executive, uh, dude, you got to take that down. It's funny, but you got to take it down. Just because the word was yeah. visible. So clearly, I had nothing to do like with the joke or like, you know, with, with the idea. Uh, I just thought, oh, this is funny. Right. And, I mean, Don Lemon's like a legitimate, serious news guy, and he's holding up, you know, a sign that says that. So. I, the climate is weird right now because as comics, it's our job not to be filtered. I feel like, I mean, to a point, obviously we can't just run around saying the N word and, uh, calling everybody fags and retards for no reason. But, um, you know, as our, as, as 
a comedian, it's, it's my job to push the boundaries. And it's, it's, it's weird that we're, that comedians are getting policed on, uh, at the same level as, you know, politicians and, uh, public figures. And it's like, there's, there's a difference between, uh, you know, creative licensing and, and, and trying to get people to laugh and, and pushing the boundaries as far as comedy goes and actually believing in the things that you say. And it seems like people are holding you accountable even when they know that it's a joke, even when they know it's facetious. Oh yeah. But you know, so it's, I mean, and the me too stuff hasn't even hit the, the, the standup world. Not, not really. I mean, Aziz and, uh, you know, the Chris Hardwick thing. I mean, it kind of hit with, uh, Louis CK, but like when it hits, like, I mean, the problem is the people that should hit, you know, aren't big enough to take down, you know, there's, I mean, mean, there's plenty of people I know are not plenty, but a fair amount of people who they were famous, they'd be taken down in a second for what they've done, but there's really no, no glory in taking down an open mic or nobody's ever heard of. Right. Uh, so, you know, but second they get on a TV show, like watch out. I mean, one tweet could take down a whole TV show. Yeah. That's crazy. The Roseanne thing is crazy, but there's that there's like, you know, if you're watching say uh big brother, which I love that show, but last week, one of the midget contestant, you you're know, not allowed to say midget. Oh, well, little person. <laughs> He said the N-word. Like he was trying to explain to the black girl on the show, like saying midget is like saying the N-word to you, but he actually said the N-word. Uh-huh. And, you know, that that could take down the whole fucking show. Right. Like, you know, you just had a white little person say the hard... You can say midget. I don't care. But, yeah, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny you said that because that was his point was, you know, she had called him a midget. She's like, no, I'm actually a dwarf, you know, calling... Uh, me a midget is like calling a gay guy a fag or a black person uh blah 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 but you know that you know it didn't really seem to catch on uh mainstream but like you know if it you know like even in in roast battle if if you have one person who's on the show who has done something questionable in their back uh their background it could take down the whole show right you know uh, it only takes one person to be offended too that's what's crazy oh yeah if you if you you know could be uh you know some you know like i know uh the last time uh i think the n-word was used in roast battle like when it was the two white person rule yeah uh just that night there happened to be a black blogger in the room right and you know the next day there was a post on i don't know if it was on the huffington post or wherever it was, it was fairly, maybe it was the LA weekly or something that said, Oh, the comedy store is bringing the N word back. And it almost sunk the show. Yeah. Like it was like, Oh boy, we got to change that rule. And you know, and, and luckily it didn't, but like, you know, one, one accusation, you know, that's, what's really scary is that it, it really is just accusations. I mean, the, to, to the point where it doesn't even, it, it can be unfounded uh, and it doesn't matter. You've already ruined someone's career just by accusing. I mean, that, that that's kind of what happened with that whole Enzo Amore thing. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the guy didn't even do anything. Guys, but now it's like it was out there for so long that he was a rapist. That uh, you know, I mean, the WWE is pretty forgiving, so I could see them uh, bringing him back in some capacity. But like, you know, you know, well, I had a situation once with a girl a couple of years ago. Uh, I was in between girlfriends, and uh, you know, we were just booty call. That's all it was. I was very honest about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but then she uh, started to, you know, they want more. And uh, then I started dating someone. So I said, hey, you know, we can't, you know, we can't do what we're, you know, we've been doing. I'm going to try and make it work with this chick. You know, just started dating. Sorry. Just, you know, I never let her on. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was like a week or two period where she just, I'm going to fucking expose you for who you are. I'm going to, I'm going to say you did this. I'm going to say you did that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't do any of the stuff she was, uh, but you know, she could have written an article that TMZ picked up, you know, but luckily I'm not big enough to really take down. Uh, but like, it was like, it could have, you know, comedy central here. Oh my God. What did the Earl do? And then, you know, three weeks later, oh, it's not true. Well, it's out there already, so. Well, that's what really sucks about the media right now is that um, when there, w when you have the accusation, it's front page news and, and the media is happy to blast it out and uh, to make you look like a villain and uh, to get that, you know, get that story and, and, uh, and have that headline. And then when it's found to be unfounded, you know, the, the, the media response is like, uh, we'll put this on, you know, page 10 in a small blurb at the bottom. Oh, by the way, this guy's not a rapist. It's yeah, like, but by then it's too late. Yeah. Right? He's, your life's already ruined. It's, it's crazy how, um, it, how, how the media works, how social justice warriors work. It's like, you're, you're ready to pounce on uh, you know, I, I mean, it could be men or women, especially with the Roseanne thing, but uh, more, I, I think it's more so aimed towards men where you can ruin a man's life just with an accusation. Um, and then there's no fixing that. Oh yeah, you're done. I mean, look at, I mean, Intos, the perfect like uh, example of like someone who was innocent, but you know, look at the Duke lacrosse team. You know, was, you know, on the surface, it's like, yeah, these two girls were great by the lacrosse team, and you know, and uh, and then it's like slowly leaked out that they they weren't raped at all. And but those guys, for the rest of their lives, when they walk into a job interview, and you're talking, they're going in for some high end job interviews. Uh, that's the guy from the Duke lacrosse team. Yeah, sorry, dude. You know, so it's you know i mean that's still a joke to these this day one of the last roast jokes that i had said about me was kevin looks like a duke lacrosse player right and i'm like oh you mean a guy who's not a rapist thank you yeah but it, you know <laughs> and that's like what 10 years ago 2006 yeah and so here we are in 2018 and jokes are still being done about them as if they were actually rapists right so and that stigma know. follows them for oh forever for life you'll never like uh, I mean, we've seen it a couple times in sports, uh, basketball players, he raped me and then it turns out it wasn't, it was consensual. And then, you know, the guy just blew her off and all right, well, I'm going to say you raped me. Yeah. I'm going to say Earl's racist because he was the house racist at, at roast battle. Did you hear about that double rape situation that happened at a college in North Carolina? 
I mean, I, I think I did, but I was so blown away at a story I read today that I've forgotten all all rapes uh, that are in the news right now because in India, eight guys were arrested for gang raping a pregnant goat. Goat? A goat. <laughs> and I was like, Gee. I mean, my mind right now cannot fathom human. Did it matter that it was pregnant? Like, does that add to the charge? I mean, uh, I'm like, <laughs> wow. I mean, just when I thought I've seen it all. Was it the first time or is there a possible human goats coming? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if these guys now have to register sex offenders at farms, but like, <laughs> it's just, but, you know. But what, a, was the, what was the double rape that you're talking about? Uh, I'm going to say a bad joke about that story, though. That's a go ahead. That's a bad situation right. to be in. Uh, goat died, so Oh, the goat died? Yeah. By fucking? They fucked a goat to death? Yeah. Eight guys. <laughs> At least the first I, mean, I don't mean to well, I do mean to That's lie. crazy, but it's like that's such a wacky story. Like, what was the eighth guy thinking? Like, yeah, I gotta get in on this. How do you fuck a goat to death? Uh I don't wanna know. <laughs> Those are guys who should their life should be ruined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they should be in the news. Their, but, their faces should be splashed across India. Uh, right. No, the story I was talking about was, uh, so these two college students, guy and a girl, went out, uh, went out drinking, um, got drunk, left, uh, not together, but left. Uh, at some point after uh, they separated, the girl texted the guy and said, hey, you know, you should come over. Uh, make sure you bring condoms. Uh, the guy was like, okay, I'll come by. They got together. They had sex. They were both drunk. Uh, the next morning, they, you know, he went on his way. She went on her way. She told her friends about it. And her friends asked if she was drunk. And she said, yeah. And her friends were like, you were raped. Uh, you, you should, um, you know, you should, uh, you should go to the cops and tell them that he raped you. And the guy who was also drunk, uh, kind of had a inkling that that might be coming. So he called the cops first and filed charges against her for rape. So they both filed charges against each other for rape. He did it proactively. She did it because her friend said she, she should, and she was raped and the school kicked the guy out for rape even though he was the first one to act on it. Well, I mean, and, I think the girl's always going to be believed over the guy. I mean, right, but you've, if you've got text messages that from her saying, initiating, saying, come over, bring oh, condoms. Oh, yeah. Bring condoms, and you do. And then he shows the school that, and then he's expelled anyways as a rapist. So now he's expelled from, from the school. It's crazy. I mean, I was raped once by a girl. This is this is interesting. You're a big dude. Yeah, I mean, I play hockey in Garden Grove, and uh, you know, this is back when I, I, you know, now I just play like one game and I leave. I just, I just want to get out of there. But this is back, you know, probably 15 years ago, where I'd I'd be down there all day. I, I was on like five or six teams because it was like a 150 team league. Mm -hmm. So there's like you you could literally be there all day, uh, which I loved at the time. Um, you know, now I, I can't wait to just leave after one game. Uh, but uh, sometimes the games would be spread out. So you'd play at like 9, 10, and 11, and then not play till 5. So uh, the big hangout was uh, Perry's Pizza 
And uh, most of the employees there were like, you know, girls, you know, early 20s, uh, just out of high school, uh, you know, above 18, but like, you know, it was a summer job or whatever. And they were all kind of bigger girls. Like they were like, and so one girl was like, Hey, Earl, I'm off. You know, if you, you don't have a game till five, you know, you can come over and watch TV. And I just, I, I was just really tired that day. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Just lie down on the couch. And, uh, so I go, she lived right by the pizza place and, and the rink. And, uh, you know, I go uh, to her home. I'm like, well, where's the TV? She's like, oh, it's in my bedroom. And I w really wasn't thinking anything was going to happen. So I was so tired. I, I flopped down on the bed and started watching TV. And she literally just jumped on me. And she was probably 240. God. Uh, and it was like, you know. Uh, How much did you weigh at that time? I was, you know, 200. Like, she had 40 on me. And, uh <laughs> You know, I mean, it was basically, a, it started out as a rape, and then I was like, all right, well, this is, I guess, you know, uh, but, you know, I could, you know, I could have, you know, probably filed assault charges on her. Did you, try, did you, did you even try to fight her off, or did you? I was too tired. I was literally like, because, you know, Garden Grove's like, uh, you know, it's an hour from here, so, you know, to, to make the 9 a.m. game, I was probably up at 7.30, so, uh, you know, I'd play three hockey games, you know, I was tired and, and so I just didn't have the energy to fend her off. And, uh, you know, I was, you know, single at the time. So, I was, you know, so I was like, all right, I mean, I guess, but like, you know, it was definitely not, uh, consensual in the beginning. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but I could, you know, say this girl becomes a famous, uh, actress, uh, you know, tomorrow she gets a gig, uh, you know, she becomes the next honey boo boo. <laughs> I could sit there and say she raped me, and her career's over. Well, at at two forty, she might be the female Hulk. And I'm being generous with the two forty. I mean, really? Uh, was this girl really? Was she, was she really pushing three hundo? I mean, she was at least two forty. Uh, so <laughs> she played hockey? No, no. She was just she could have. She was uh, just hanging out. But no, she worked at the pizza place. So you know, like um, we all you know knew each other. Uh, it was like the comedy store patio. It was like that was the pizza parlor yeah. for the hockey players, you know, because they had big screens. And we, you know, if you had a couple hours to kill, you'd go there and eat or just watch the football or hockey games or whatever. Pizza place is a good job for a big girl. Yeah. Oh, it's a perk. I mean, like, the, I mean, it was like porn for her. It's perks. Uh, perks to that job. But, you know, I could sit there, you know, and, and if she got on a show tomorrow night, uh, you know, uh, she's a new star of Big Brother or she's on uh, American Idol or, you know, Last Comic Standing. Actually, uh, she raped me. She's done. I I would have no proof. I got raped in Vegas. By a girl? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Definitely by a girl. Well, I mean, I got uh, me too. Uh, I, I mean, we'll get to your story, but... Like, you know, I got me too by a casting director who's a dude. I did too. I did that too. Let's, we'll get, all right. So I'll tell the Vegas story. Then you tell your, your uh, casting couch story and I'll tell well, We got about 10 minutes before the, uh, my thing goes for two hours and then. All right. We'll get it out in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah no, I'm not trying to rush you. I'm just saying I, I like to leave time for the plugs and shit. No, no, I got you. Um, yeah. Mine was in Vegas. I was at uh, EDC. It was my first time going to EDC. And uh, I was uh, staying with a, a bunch of people at, a, at the penthouse at the MGM Grand. And we were walking over to EDC. And we went to EDC. We were there for 
you know, 24 hours straight, came back. I was exhausted. I, uh, I passed out in one of the bedrooms and, uh, at some point I woke up and there was a girl riding my dick uh, and she was hot. So right. I was cool with it. That's not right. Then. She was hot. Well, I mean, it is. No, I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't conscious when she uh, got me hard and then jumped on it. And she did not use a condom, uh, which at the time I didn't really, uh, I, di I didn't realize. Um, but uh, it wasn't the worst situation I've ever gone through. I woke up, realized what was going on, saw that she was hot, and this kind of went back to sleep, which uh, might have been rude right. on my part, more so than her part, I think. Well, I mean, you know, but you, you could, like, say that girl becomes an Instagram star, uh, you know, or whatever, you know, you could take her down. So, she's but, she's already known, but I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't. I but what's like, you know, it's, it's he said, she said, the guy's most likely never going to be believed right big good looking dude like you got raped uh, i don't think so bro you know good luck getting the jury to buy that uh or or like a tmz like crowd uh you know i mean in my case you know and i've told the story a few times on the pod so i don't want to like but since your fans have never really heard it you know just a big casting director uh worked over at fox uh, called me into his office and this is when I just had started comedy so I was you know pretty bad back then and you know this guy was telling me how great I was which should have been the first clue uh, <laughs> and uh, somehow I think I did a joke about the movie Clueless and he, he was in the crowd and he said oh do you want to meet Brittany Murphy uh, she'll be at the table read tomorrow at, uh, of, for King of the Hill uh, and I'm like you can get me to meet Brittany Murphy like yeah so I go into this guy's office, long story short, he's bullshitting me a little bit about the business. And then he starts taking off his pants. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And he's like, oh, uh, well, I ran a marathon this weekend or oh, my balls are bruised. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny now, but I'm like, uh, where's Brittany Murphy? Uh, <laughs> sure enough, he puts his pants back on, takes me into the table read, uh, we're you know there's mike judge there's Brittany murphy uh i think veronica cartwright uh, was in king of the hill uh like she's a big voiceover person and uh they do the table read i meet Brittany murphy after so like, all right you know i'll give this guy one more chance like he did deliver like maybe he just got a little too excited uh so i said well let's do lunch dude. you know because you know I, I needed help Probably still need help. And uh, he's like, all right, come to my house. I said, it's got to be around noon, dude. No, no shenanigans. All right, come to my house at noon. I'll, we'll order from the Beverly Hills Hotel. Okay, fine. So I go over there. Everything's cool. Out of the corner of my eye, I see a really nice star wagon in his driveway. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's a great star wagon. Who gave you that? And he's like, oh, David Duchovny for X-Files. I'm like, oh, wow. Can I go check it out? But you got to stay here. So I go check it out, and it's like, you've been in star wagons, like, you know, some yeah. are nicer than others. Uh, this was next level nice. I mean, a double wide refrigerator, a, a cow king bed, a fully functional marble shower. And uh, I'm looking like a little kid, like, oh, my God, this is wild. Because I'd never really been in one at, uh, up until that point. And then all of a sudden, I hear the door open. I turn around. And he's like rubbing his dick over his pants. I'm like, dude, get out of here, man. And, you know, 
And it never really bothered me until all this Me Too stuff started happening. I'm like, well, that was kind of fucked up. Yeah. Because he was in a total position of power over me. Right. Uh, Like, you know, you couldn't gotten any lower than I was in the business 20 years ago. I mean... uh, this guy was a casting director. Oh, he's huge. He wasn't like he was big, like big, like you know. I don't want to say his name because he died, so you know, can't, he can't defend himself. But like, right. trust me, I'm not making the story up. Oh, I believe you. Uh, I am. Um, so I had something like that happen. I was bartending. It was when I had first moved to LA. I was bartending at this private event. Uh, it was a fundraiser. Uh, I can't really say what it was for, but. Uh, this guy is a huge producer, um, produced some of the biggest action films ever. Um, can't really say what the films are without giving it away, but, uh, he approached me at the bar and he's known in, uh, in Hollywood for, uh, liking really handsome guys, uh, younger guys. He's an old, he was an older guy and, uh, he comes to the bar and he kept ordering drinks and the whole night he was kind of throwing little hints my way and you know you're handsome you got a great body and are you an actor and yada yada and uh so at the end of the night he kind of pulls me aside and he's like hey uh you know i i think you're really great for this uh for this role that i have in this movie coming up i you know i think you'd be perfect for it and he's like would you be interested in in coming in and reading and i was like yeah of course you know that's why i'm here and he gives me his phone number, his personal phone number. And he's like, call me tomorrow and, and uh, you know, and we'll, I'll set something up. So I, I take his number. I texted him so he had my information. And I called him and the next day and he's like, yeah, God, come by my house and we'll, we'll read for the, we'll have you read for the part, you know. Yeah, at I your have, house. Yeah, at your house. And he's like, I have, you know, I have some other people from the film uh, that are going to be there. And we're going to hang out by the pool. So I'm like, all right. So I said, is there any sides? And he's like, I'll give you the sides when you get there. So I'm like, okay, which seemed a little weird to me. I had no time to prepare. So then I get to his house and it's just him. And he's wearing these fucking banana hammock, nut hugger bikini shorts. And he's sitting by the pool and I'm like, okay. And his, uh, (laughs) his butler, if you will, leads me over to him and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, you didn't bring your swim trunks? And I was like, no, I, I thought I was auditioning. And he's like, yeah, we all, we'll get to that. I'm like, all right. And he's like, do you want to drink? I'm like, no, nah, I don't really want to drink before I try to memorize lines. And he, he's like, okay, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't drink. And he's like, okay. So then we hung out for maybe two minutes. And then he goes, so uh, this part's perfect for you. And I'm like, great. And he goes, uh, uh, are you really interested in being famous? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. That's kind of the point of, of being here. And he said, uh, well, how famous do you want to be? I said, well, I'd, as famous as I can get, you know, I want to I wanna do well in the industry. And he's like, well, are you willing to go all the way to be famous? And I'm like, well, what does all the way mean? And he's like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the bottom line here. He's like... I am in a position to put you in one of the lead roles in this film that could definitely jumpstart your career if you're willing to, you know, do something for me. And I was like, okay, what are we talking about? And he goes, I just want to suck your dick. And I said, huh? And he goes, I, 
I just want to suck your dick. You don't have to suck my dick. Doesn't have to go any further than that. I just want you to suck my dick. And I want, I want, or I want you, I want you to let me suck your dick. I want you to come in my mouth and I want to swallow it. Oh my God. What's this guy's number? <laughs> Looking back now, I'm like, because the guy that he put in that role is now very famous yeah, well. and probably allowed it. And looking back now, I'm like, it's just a blowjob and I didn't have to give it. What the fuck? But I said, no, I was like, uh, yeah, I would rather, uh, my exact words, I believe were, if I'm going to make it in this town, I want it to be on my talent. Not on your talent. Yeah, and now looking back, I'm like, oh, God, I have a great dick. I should have just blew a nut in this guy's mouth and been famous by now. Well, I had a buddy of mine uh could have gotten the lead in Endless Love, that uh, the movie with Brooke Shields. And, uh, you know, same type of thing. And, uh, you know, he didn't do what the guy wanted, so uh, Martin Hewitt got the job. So there you go. I guess but- the moral of my story is uh, – if they're willing to to give a, a blowjob, guys, you know, fucking a shower does wonders after a blowjob. Yeah, uh, if they uh, want one, then maybe think about it. I think Robert Schimmel, the great departed comedian, said, would he suck Mike Tyson's dick for a million dollars? And he's like, that's a lot of mouthwash I can buy. So, <laughs> uh, well, Kevin, this has been a two-hour uh, podcast. Who knew we could go for this long and not repeat uh, where can people find you? Uh, for the people who are just coming in, didn't see Facebook Live, iTunes, SoundCloud, for your podcast. Uh, check me out on Instagram at Original Kevin Mac. Uh, you can check out my podcast, Mind Our Business. Uh, it's a podcast about alternative lifestyles. Uh, you can find Mind Our Business podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Um, and you can uh, you can always. Catch me. I have a I have a show coming up August twenty uh, fourth in Hollywood at the Stella Adler Theater. Jimmy Schubert is headlining, um, and uh, we have a great lineup for that. So if you guys want to check that out, check me out on Instagram. Send me a DM, and I'll send you the info. All right, guys. Thank you, Kevin. You're a good dude. Thanks, man. So are you. I appreciate you, Earl. I try, dude. It's a tough business to be nice and. Doesn't seem to be a lot of payoffs. Uh, inappropriate, Earl. SoundCloud, and iTunes. Rate and review. And follow Kevin, become fans of his, and uh, you know we're uh, we got another podcast coming tomorrow night with the great Jamie Kilstein, good dude. Nice. We're gonna talk about MMA and jujitsu and uh, comedy and all that stuff, and then uh, still wor- working on getting Morris Thorpe from the White Shadow, otherwise known as Kevin Hooks. We're trying to. Uh, get that going and uh you know thanks for the love and support and i'll see you later 